Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Bill Telephone Series. This is Liz Southern, Child Development Consultant with the Braille Institute. Tonight's topic is proper lighting for your child with low vision. The Dr. Bill Telephone Series is an educational program focusing on pediatric eye conditions for parents, teachers, and other professionals working with young children with visual impairment. The topics presented should not be considered a medical or educational consultation, but information to help us better understand pediatric eye conditions. And now I will hand it over to Dr. Bill. Oh, thank you very much, Liz. I really appreciate that. And I want to thank all of you for joining us this evening as we really talk about the most important aspect of vision, and that is lighting. You know, it's very interesting. We often will talk about things such as surgery or new medications, glasses, computers, low vision devices, but the whole basis behind the way that the human is able to see is that it requires light. Now, there are different types of light that is available. One form of light is the light that comes from the sun. And we know that from this particular type of sunlight, if we stay out in the sun too long, it will actually burn our skin and give us a sunburn, right? We could get very, very burnt skin if we're out too long and we don't protect ourselves. But it's also very important for all the parents and all the other people out there to remember that the radiation coming from the sun can also damage the retina. Now, the retina is the tissue that lines the inside of the eye, and the retina contains millions and millions of rod and cone cells. These rod and cone cells, they absorb the light, and they send a signal to our optic nerve, and that signal is then received by the brain, and that is how we see. But if you were to be exposed to too much radiation from the sun, or even worse, if a child was looking directly at the sun, a short exposure to that type of radiation can actually cause blindness. It could literally burn the retina, and there is no treatment for that. So we really want to talk tonight about protecting the eyes from that type of radiation. But we also know that another type of light that we have is light that is produced from light bulbs. And there are many different types of light bulbs that are available. And today, we're very fortunate to have Mr. Mike Jew, who is the founder of Various Lighting. He is on the call, and I'll be asking him specific questions so he can inform us what is the best lighting. So, Mike, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you. Well, you're going to make this show really good. <laughs> now, the first thing that I want to really talk about when it comes to light is to help you to understand that light is basically radiation. It is this particular type of electromagnetic radiation which is able to travel in the air, and the way that it travels, it travels in wavelengths. They travel up and down like an oscillation, if you ever were to look at an oscilloscope. And what's very interesting about the way that these bits of energy travel is that the distance between the two waves, that distance is called a wavelength. And we know that some of this energy from the light is what is called very short wavelength. And what we mean by this is this is the type of radiation that is most often known to people as ultraviolet radiation. Now, ultraviolet radiation, it's very, very interesting because of the fact that, number one, the human eye cannot see ultraviolet radiation. There is not a single person on the planet Earth who is able to see ultraviolet radiation. However, that ultraviolet radiation is there, and it is very, very dangerous because 
it can burn the retina of the eye, as we talked about before. Now, there's also longer wavelengths of radiation. And when the wavelengths are a little bit longer, it will produce purple light. And when we have a little bit longer radiation than the purple light, we get blue light. And what we know about this type of purple and blue light, this short wavelength type of visible light is also very, very damaging. It could be very dangerous to the eyes. So, you know, in the 1950s when sunglasses started to become very popular and things like that, people generally just wore gray sunglasses. And we thought that sunglasses are really good because it makes our eyes more comfortable if it's too bright. But today, with the research that we have, we do know that there are these specific short wavelength colors, such as the blue and the purple, that are very dangerous to the cells of the retina. And so for certain types of eye conditions, if a child is born prematurely and a child has retinopathy of prematurity, or if a child has retinitis pigmentosa or albinism, any of these other types of conditions that already affect the retina, we as eye doctors will often recommend that these children will wear tinted sunglasses when they're outdoors, and we don't want them really to wear a gray sunglass. But we know that there is a more protective colored sunglass, and these are generally brown and amber and even yellow. The brown, amber, and the yellow, they have the property of actually filtering out more of that dangerous blue and purple wavelengths. Now, in addition to these blue and purple color lights that we do have, we also have longer wavelength radiation, and that produces the green and the yellow and the orange and the red. And those are all colors that, again, the human eye is able to see. But there's also other types of radiation that is even beyond the red, and this is what is called infrared radiation. The infrared radiation is something that could also be dangerous because it also will generate a lot of heat. So depending on what type of environment a person is working in, there are some adults who work in environments that do use infrared light, and we would then recommend glasses that will filter out that type of infrared. So overall, we wanted to give you just a little bit of background about what is light. And basically, again, light, it consists of many, many, many different types of light. And all of these types of light together, it produces the color light that we're able to see. In other words, the combination of the purple and the blue and the green and the yellow and the orange and the red, when you add all of those colors of light together, it produces a whitish color light. Now today what we're going to talk about, in addition to understanding the importance of wearing sunglasses or having your child wear sunglasses to protect the tissues of the retina, we're also going to talk about how you can customize the lighting in your home. And I remember when I was a kid, I used to love to go to the hardware store with my dad on Saturdays and, you know, we pick up equipment and a lot of light bulbs. And the only thing that I remembered was, you know, those light bulbs, they came in a pack of four and you could very easily screw them in. And I remember that it, it had a notation of watts. You could buy a 25-watt bulb. You could buy a 50-watt bulb. You could buy a 100-watt bulb. And I remember at that time, as a kid, I just associated that watts 
must just mean, how bright is this light bulb? But in fact, wattage does not describe how bright the light bulb is, but it actually just tells us how much electricity does it cost for you to run that bulb. And this is very interesting because today there are many different types of lamps. There's different types of light bulbs, which Mike will talk to us about shortly. And you are able to illuminate your home without spending nearly as much money on electricity because the new light bulbs do not use as much wattage of electricity. So that is something that is very good. Now, why is that important for your children? Let's say that you have a child that is under two years of age and your child suffered from a vision impairment early on. Well, the way that vision develops is that vision develops with experience and with stimulation. In other words, if we took a newborn baby and let's say that we just simply blindfolded that baby or we kept that baby locked in a room that didn't have any type of light and two years later, we then measured the vision of that baby. That baby who was never exposed to any type of light or any colors or any patterns, that that baby would be blind. That baby would not be able to see. The reason for that is in order for vision to develop, we need this light, and the light must be stimulating the retina. The retina must send that signal down the optic nerve, and that optic nerve will then send it to the brain. Each and every time that a child experiences that light, it is going to promote the development of vision. And when we look at children who have perfectly healthy eyes and perfectly healthy brains, did you know that their vision is not fully developed until they're almost three and a half to four years of age? Before that time, let's say that you have a baby who's 20 months old. Before that time, all babies have vision that is not perfect. In other words, a 20-month-old child does not have 20-20 vision. These kids are able to see things that are closer within their arm's reach. But if we put something on the eye chart 20 feet away, they do not have that level of vision yet. So the point to this is that if you are working with a child who has low vision, or maybe you have a child who has low vision, the first thing is that you have to illuminate and brighten your home with enough light so that your child's vision can become stimulated and it can be developed. So when we're talking about this type of lighting, Mike, I'd like for you to go over the first thing right now is what are the latest and the greatest types of light bulbs that are available? I know that many of us in our homes, we have the old-fashioned light bulb but I know you at your company, Barry S. Lighting, you guys have some really amazing light bulbs there now. Well, we actually we actually work and we design and build our own light sources based on LEDs, light-emitting diodes. And uh, I believe uh, uh, Dr. I believe Nakamura, uh, 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 Dr. Nomura, or Nakamura. Uh, actually um, created this new LED that actually is tremendously bright. It's high brightness LED that's uh, allowing us to do a lot of this uh, general illumination lighting today. And um, now uh, we're really, uh, we're not limited by the, um, the color variations anymore. So what happened is that it, it, these LEDs are actually very narrow band uh light emitters, so they only emit the color or the frequency that you're, you're interested. So it can emit, for example, red, green, 
or blue or purple or however you like it. But what happens is it's extremely narrow band, so it doesn't. So you're not getting the good with the bad. You're actually getting mostly the good. So that's that's how, that's what you're you're getting these days. And um, they are extremely efficient. Uh, Dr. Bill was saying that okay, electricity in terms of wattage, yes, a hundred watt light bulb. It only is. Uh, it only means that the uh, the light bulb consumes a hundred watts, but it doesn't mean anything else. Uh, but how much how much um, light does it translate into from the hundred watt into um, into light? It's called efficacy. So what you're looking, what you should look. At is uh, at the uh, uh, light emitting uh, diode devices. You look at, um, like for example, uh, right now typically it's 100 lumens per watt. This is the typical rule of thumb for the uh, for uh, for looking at it. So, um, but in terms of a uh, uh, box for the light, what happens is that there are two terms that you need to pay attention to. One of them is called lumens, and the other one is called called lux. And when you're looking at a light for general illumination, it should be you should use lumens as a standard. See how many lumens. But when you're looking at a task light for reading, you have to look into the parameter called lux. And we can actually elaborate that a little bit later. But in terms of uh, lighting, the the latest and greatest is LED, and LED is here to stay. It it actually helps reduce the energy consum consumption. And it actually brightens up, brightens up the room. It's extremely safe. So that's that's my pitch. Yes, and uh, the lamps that your company produces, they have helped so many of our families and our patients, and uh, they're very, very fashionable as well. Now, one of the Thank questions you. that I have about the LED: Do the LED bulbs? Do they produce the ultraviolet radiation or the infrared radiation, or is that something that you can actually eliminate that from coming from the bulb? Okay. What happened is that the uh, LED itself, um, the color or the frequency that the the, the light that that's emitted from the LED is defined by the electrical band gap. And so what happens is that if a red LED is, uh, is, is it, you, when you use it, it will not produce anything but red color spectrum in a tight, narrow band. So in other words, um, you, don't, you do not have to do that. But uh, there is one common uh, thing that people need to remember. All of the white LEDs as, as being produced today actually have blue content in it. The reason why is that the um, blue content, the, the LED bulb, uh, when, for, for example, a white LED bulb, before a phosphor is soaked onto the, uh, onto the LED, it actually is a blue LED. And uh, the, the blue LED on top of it, what happened is that they put phosphor. Phosphor is a... Um, a a translation material. What happened is that the blue light enters the phosphor. Imagine a box uh, made out of phosphor. What happened, or, or a little 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 cavity. What happened is that when the blue light enters the, the box, it resonates and vibrate, and it starts to vibrate yellow light out. When the yellow light out will actually mix with the blue light to produce a white light, and the intensity of the white light will be determined by the amount of phosphor is in is is surrounding in that LED itself. So typical white light will have two peaks, a peak of blue and a peak of yellow. And so depending on uh, which peak is dominant, you will see a coolish white light if the the peak of the blue light is dominant, and you will see a yellowish uh, light when you when the yellow peak is dominant. So that's it. That's the only way to produce uh, two different bands, and that's 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 actually common for every white LED out there. So, uh, in other words, that you have to be aware of what type of uh, um, how much blue content is is in the in the blue in the, uh, the the white LED, and the way to determine that is actually you can actually use the uh, 
number called correlated uh, uh, correlated color uh, constant, so CCT. So uh, correlated color constant is uh, basically when the higher number, for example, 5,500, 6,000, you have a large blue peak. And then if you have, a, for example, a 2,700K Kelvin, that is, uh, that you will have very little uh, blue peak. So when you're, when you're out choosing a bulb, um, it's better to choose a bulb that's less than 5,000K or 5,100K. That's my recommendation. So okay, for, that's so. In other words, yeah, LED. Yeah. Um, for white LED, there are two peaks. That is very, very, very detailed. Very nice explanation. But the thing that we want you to understand is that when you are choosing a light, and if it is going to be an LED bulb, which we do recommend because it doesn't use as much electricity is that the bulbs actually have a color of white. We might think yeah. that, you know, white is white is white, but when you look at light bulbs, some will look a little bit more bluish and others will look a bit more yellow. And that color of the white bulb, it's described based on a Kelvin temperature. And as Mike had just stated right now, if it is a Kelvin temperature that is 5,000 or 6,000, we usually don't want that for children who have retinal conditions. I'll say that again. If a child has a retinal problem, we usually don't want a Kelvin temperature of 5,000 or 6,000. And the reason for that is that the whitish light is a little bit too blue. And so, Mike, you said that a good temperature would be on the order of 2,700 to 3,500 degrees Kelvin? Uh, not necessarily, but uh, what happened is that depending on the, uh, uh, really depending on where you grew up and um, uh, your genetic makeup, um, so those are the type of things that, that would actually help you determine, but it's best to stay below 5,000. Um, 5,000, actually, surprisingly, in the Mediterranean area, a lot of people use this 5,000 light, but prefer 5,000 light. Uh, but um, if you take a look at, uh, if you take a look at the 33 or 2,700K, it, it, to some people, it, it's just not preferred. But um, we do know that, for example, uh, people in the Sunbelt area, like Texas, and as well as uh, Florida, uh, even Los Angeles, there are a lot of people that actually prefer the cool white light, which is the 5,000K. But if you go up further north, for example, if you're up in the, uh, I guess, uh, uh, I guess in, in Maine, uh, Portland, uh, other areas, they may prefer a yellower light. So this is a common trend that I see. Um, I, I cannot... Uh, I cannot recommend you one color versus the other because uh, really depending on the eye condition and as well as the uh, uh, the, the area, it's uh, you it, it just uh, but you just you just have to see how individual actually prefer more than anything else. But yes, definitely try to stay away from the bluer colors if you can. Um, so let me let me interject this again. I think Mike's bringing up some very good points about what colors of lights do his customers prefer? And these are people who might live in different parts of the world or different parts of the United States. But as far as, as an eye doctor, when I'm recommending a light for my patient, who has a retinal problem, I do not want them to have a light that's going to have a Kelvin temperature of 5,000 degrees or 6,000 degrees because it's too blue. I do not want my patients to be around the blue light. But for the patients who are looking for this type of LED light, you have a baby and you want to illuminate the home, 
the lights that have a temperature between uh, 2,700, uh, 3,500, anything less than 5,000 degrees, we like that for your baby because that is going to be safer for the baby's retina. And the point to this is that by having this type of light, we could still stimulate the development of vision, and we do not have to be worried about the light damaging the eye. So in this way, your baby does not have to wear tinted sunglasses in the house. So as far as one thing when you're looking at with the bulb, we want to look at the color temperature, and we definitely want it to be a temperature of less than 5,000 degrees Kelvin. Is, is that summarized correctly, Mike? I think so. What happened is that the the, the warmer colors that actually uh, will at, help uh, individual relax the uh, relax uh, better um, because the the blue color is actually controls the secretion of melatonin. And so, what happened is that when you have too much blue light, what happened is that it actually uh, basically disrupts the, the circadian rhythm of the individual, especially in a young child. So with the natural light coming through already, it's already good enough for the uh, good enough for the um, for the kid for the the young child to set up the circadian rhythm. But, so definitely having a yellower color will be good for as a precaution. That is. So that I, I agree with that. So. Great. Now. As far as uh, with the lights, another thing that parents would want to know is they're shopping for lamps. They really want to know how bright does this light get? Is this going to be bright enough to illuminate the entire room or does it just illuminate a desk? And so the term lumens that you described, L-U-M-E-N-S, that is one factor that you want to look for on the lamp or the light bulb, and it tells us about how bright, how much light does the uh, bulb produce. Can you describe a little bit more about lumens and what should our families be looking for? Okay. Um, uh, the the key, key point is that if you're looking for a light to, for general illumination, meaning that just want to fill the, the entire room with light, you want to choose lumens. Okay, lumens meaning that, lumens means that this is the total amount of light that's emitted from the bulb in a circular matter. And like a, you know, like the, the, the RKO radiation pattern, that, 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 that round radiation, that's a spherical radiation. So that's, that's, what, that's what it's all about. So when you look at a uh, light for the, to light up the entire room, you want to look for lumens. And what happened is that, but when you're looking for a, a reading light for for your desk, you have to look at lux. Um, so, for example, uh, if you take a look at the sun, sun has lots and lots of lumens. But what happened is that as the rotate, as the Earth rotates, it, it, when we become nighttime, where we have our back against the sun, none of those lumens really help because it's being blocked. So what so what happens is that Lux actually determines the number of lumens delivered per area per square meter uh, to the object that you're trying to see. So that's that's very important. Um, how do you determine the number of luxes this way? Okay, you take a light source typically, and then you, if you measure 12 inches from the light source to the the paper object where the object you're trying to see. 12 inches away, and that gives you a number in terms of lux, basically lumens per area that's striking that surface. That's the that's the parameter that you want to use. But you have to remember, intensity, which is expressed in lux, is actually is a function of one over distance squared. So what happens is that if you take a look at a light source that's a foot away versus a light source that's two feet away. The light source that's two feet away only has a twenty only have twenty five percent of the intensity of the light source that's a foot away, because one over two square is four, so twenty five percent. So that's how you calculate it. 
And that's a, so uh, definitely when someone is looking for a light to, to, for general illumination, just illuminate the room, look for lumens. And if you want to look for the, uh, for the amount of light for the, um, for, for your reading, for, for your desktop reading, where it's uh, on a couch, you want to look for lux. Lux is actually a function of distance from the light source to the area that you want to put the, uh, the light to. So that's the, that's the thing. So that's a very, very good point. And let's say that you have a child who's now three years old, four years old, and they're looking at books or maybe beginning to draw. Uh, <laughs> the closer the distance between your light bulb and the paper that they're reading or that they're drawing, you're going to get much more illumination if it is closer because of the formula that Mike had described. And Mike, you, you have asked our listeners to look for Lux. If they're mm-hmm. looking at a bulb or they're looking to buy a lamp, is mm-hmm. there a specific mm-hmm. number that this should have a certain amount of Lux? Otherwise, they'd say, oh, maybe this is not a good lamp. Is oh, there a okay. number? Um, really, there is no number for Lux because Lux is a... Uh, the distance dependent. So what you can do is that um, most everyone have a smartphone, and uh, you can actually uh, use a free app called Galactica. For for example, for the iPhone that I use, it automatically measures the number of lux when you put the phone underneath the light. So 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 basically, for proper reading for. Um, uh, maybe for general room illumination, you should be about maybe um, 30, 40 lux to maybe 200 lux. Uh, there, there are some standards that you can actually see. For office, they recommend 400 lux, but for serious intense study, they want to be 1,500 to 2,000 lux. So really depending on what you're trying to do, but for young pair of eyes who are very, very sensitive to begin with, Probably it's not a good idea to go a thousand lux <laughs> right away. So what happened is that the, the, a good general illumination light for the house should be enough, and they typically uh, will pitch out maybe two, three hundred lux at most. So which is that's already adequate for most people. So so that's that's what I would do. So um, for for your smartphone, you can actually use the, the light meter function. Uh, on it and then actually measure it, and that should be enough for 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 the kid's uh, uh, light. So what happened is that too bright of a light is really not good for you. It's a so it's a but too little light is not good for you either. So it's a basically use everything in moderation. That's my recommendation. Now this also really brings us to a point that I think is very important when parents and family members and teachers are shopping for lamps for for their child with low vision or any type of visual problem, or even if they have perfectly normal vision. But I feel it's very important that there is a dimmer on the lamp mm-hmm. so that we can Correct. adjust the, the intensity. Right. Absolutely. If the, uh, the, the intensity is, is one, and make sure the lamp is a, it's adjustable in terms of height because remember, if you can if the, the intensity is too high, uh, what you can do is you can raise the lamp up a little bit. If the intensity is too low, you can actually lower it down. So, so height adjustment on the on the task lamp is actually very important in in addition to the intensity adjustment. Now, Mike, with these LED types of bulbs, do mm-hmm. LED bulbs typically last? longer than the conventional incandescent bulb? It really depends because uh, it really depending on um, the individual that designed these uh, units. What happened is that LEDs are very different in terms of uh, uh, behavior, in terms of the uh, past technology. It does not like heat. What happened is that people think the LEDs are extremely cool. That's a, That's actually a misnomer because uh, LEDs, because the efficacy typically will only about 30% of the electricity is converted into light, and the rest of it is converted into heat 
and that heat must be dissipated in order to promote the longevity of life for the LED itself. If the if the unit is properly designed, um, what happened is that the the LED can last 20, 30 years, not, not a problem at all. It, it will fade a little bit in terms of a, a percentage, uh, but what happened is that it's not it's not anything that will be catastrophic. Uh, the reason why you have catastrophic failure in the LED itself is because uh, probably the poor bonding of the LED inside bond wire inside the LED that that went bad, and that can that can be screened out with infant mortality, meaning that the thing will die within six months. Uh, and you'll know right away. But once it passes that six-month test, the, the, the LED is bulletproof. Uh, that's one. And second thing is that if the, the LED is not properly uh, vented in terms of heat, and a lot of the time when you buy, for example, a bulb from, um, from Home Depot, et cetera, you, that light is actually has a lot of heat trapped inside the LED because it, the form factor, for example, the, the, the round bulb shape that you see outside, what happened is that it traps heat. So what all that heat is actually killing the LED itself. So when you read it, the fine print uh, about the uh, how long does, 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 does the LED last, it said, oh, this thing lasts three years, four years. But if you read the fine print, you it, it, they only est estimated one hour usage a day. <laughs> so that's, that's not real. So... What happened is that when I was designing uh, remote controls before, and we we're always wondering, okay, what do the what do these uh, manufacturers want from us? Okay, what happened is that um, they basically want, for example, how long the battery lasts for a remote control is as long as the the the, the customer forget when did they buy it, then that's the that, that's the length of, or the life of the the uh, life expectancy that that the manufacturer wants. So what happened is that, with likewise with the LED manufacturer or LED bulb manufacturer, they make it as long as the you forget once you buy it, <laughs> and that that's all they care about. So this is the reason why, for example, I buy these Costco bulbs from like the uh, fluorescent bulb. They say it lasts seven years. No, not not only last seven years. They last maybe about six months to a year. Uh, but I'm very happy with it already. But what happened is that. The fine print on the LED is actually not not uh, not that real, but but uh, um, it, it's just depending on your expectation um, of of the unit. But you can prop, you can I, I can't really guarantee you which how long individual thing will last because it really depending on how the individual manufacturer actually designed the bulb. But typically, if you stick with a brand name, that would be okay. Because I remember going to China, and what happened was that they were actually some of the the uh, I guess the not so nice manufacturer only one uh, the the electronic designer for the LED bulbs to have the thing last for 45 minutes. The reason why 45 minutes is that in the uh, shop in China, what happened is that you go in and turn on the bulb, oh it works, and you take it home, and after that, that is your problem. So. So this this uh, this production con or the, this this type of uh, attitude actually has permeated across the consumer because people want to drive down costs so much that they sacrifice a lot of quality. So this is the reason why it's giving lighting and LED lighting in particular a bad name. But what happened is that uh, this is something that I cannot fight. But the, the only thing I can do is uh, produce the best I can for the thing. So the, the type of light that we normally build, what happens is that we guarantee 30,000 hours. Uh, that, that's our estimate. And if you use eight hours a day, it's 13.7 years. So that's, that's the estimate I can, I, can, I can use as a rule of thumb. But not everyone is like that. So, so that's the Okay, part. that's and, what I want. That's a long answer. Right. But basically, yeah, you are yeah. stating that the customers got to be very careful then. When we're very talking careful. about light bulbs, we really don't know what we're getting, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, some companies yeah. are using uh, techniques or tools that the bulb may not last as long. And yeah. how would how would you recommend it? Are you, are you saying that 
let me finish my question, and then I'd like for you to answer. Okay, Mike? Okay. Are you saying that our our consumers, our clients, they really just don't have any way of knowing if they are purchasing a good or a poor LED bulb? Or is is it that they would have to buy it from you to have that type of guarantee? No. Uh, what happens is that most uh, most of the uh, ones from the department store, for example, from Costco or Lowe's and stuff, those are those are pretty pretty reputable. And more more important is that you can return and have a refund, and that's your only protection uh, okay. against these things. So. Um, Okay. Uh, other than that, what happens is that if you're if you're going to lamp spot, going to lighting store and buying something, um, sometimes you have to be careful because uh, some of the some of the imports are not not too good. In in, in, in that's in my view. So okay. I, I think yeah. That's okay. The only Thank, thing you. Is that, Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. My my next question, then, Mike. Uh, we're talking about let's say that it's a playroom. All right, mm-hmm. we know that a lamp that's going to be on a desk, we're going to look for the lux. Mm-hmm. But if we have a playroom that the, the little mm-hmm. infant plays in, and it's at mm-hmm. nighttime, we want to illuminate the room, we do mm-hmm. need to look at the lumens. Mm-hmm. Is there a particular number of lumens that we want this lamp or this bulb to produce to illuminate this playroom? Should it be 1,500 lumens? Should it be 2,000 lumens? Does it make any sense for you to give us a number that our consumers could look for when they're shopping? Okay. Um, and please make it simple. Right. Okay, now, it's hard. The reason why is that you really depending on where is the bulb placed in, in it, it, to, the, to the, uh, the, the child, okay? So remember, intensity is the over right over distance square. So the best thing to do is actually use your phone and turn on the the lux meter and actually uh, place it where the child is at and actually move the light source in such a way so you're getting, for example, maybe uh, 50, 100, 200 lux, depending on what type of uh, application that you want to use and go from there. Because if you, if 2,000 lumens, if it's, if it's 10 feet away, it's big difference than, for example, 100 lumens a foot away. So because you're looking at the, the calculation, basically the, the surface area that, that's being delivered. So it really depending on, the best way to do is actually having a, Having an app, we can. I can even point you where to download these apps free, and and go from there. That's probably the best way, honestly. Okay. Yeah. I was I, so, I was thinking I was thinking that uh, there might just be a particular number. I know that uh, when you go buy the old-fashioned mm-hmm. light bulbs, mm-hmm. it, it may say on there fourteen hundred lumens, and that. That mm-hmm. would give you an idea that if you screw this bulb into the ceiling, you're going to have a pretty mm. decent amount of light. But mm-hmm. uh, I see, I see. Okay, now I, I understand what you're trying to say. Okay, all right. With the 1400 lumens, if you have a, uh, for example, um, if it's in the ceiling, and if you have a 20, uh, uh, 20, uh, or 20 by 20, for example. Uh, or a ten by just say a ten by ten square room, right? So that will yes. be ten square meters. So that will be hundred forty lumens. Yeah, that's about right. Uh, how hundred forty lux? So out of fourteen hundred lumens in a ten by ten room, uh, you can expect about maybe about hundred forty lux per area. So that will be okay. That's that's the best way to calculate it. But a okay. lot of the times, um, you can actually, for example. In the old days, you have the 75-watt light bulb, for example, or 60-watt light bulb. And you, you find that very, very good already, right? Uh, okay, so in an incandescent light bulb, typically it's about 16 lumens per watt. So if you take a look at 16 lumens per watt, 
times 50, so that's about, uh, let's see, well, how much is that? <laughs> I'm, I'm getting old. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, 60 960. Yeah, 500, uh, 960 lumens, for example. So you can take a look. You can take a look at a LED bulb and find one that has 960 lumens, and you're fine. So okay. Um, so you can take the old fixture or the fixture with a conventional uh, light bulb before, and choose a choose one with a 960 lumens. You'll be fine. So typically, just use a use a 60 watt light bulb to begin with. Multiply by 16. So the rule of thumb is about 16 per watt. Okay. All right. I think uh, we're getting a little bit too technical on this, Mike. Sorry. <laughs> we might have lost our audience here. But overall, yeah. again, what we are saying is that the LED bulbs are really very, very good to use. We do want something that's not going to have too much blue light, so something less than 5,000 degrees Kelvin. And we also now know that if it's going to be a desk lamp, we, we want to take a look at the amount of lux. The closer the light bulb is to the paper, the greater the amount of light. And mm-hmm. if we're going to illuminate an entire room, uh, we're going to look at the lumens. But what I want to know, and this is something that I hope that you could very briefly but very eloquently describe this, can you describe what are some of the types of lamps that you and your company produce that would provide general lighting in a room. In a room that does not have a ceiling fixture. You know, one of the things I've noticed in a lot of new construction is that there are no fixtures in the ceiling. Right, right, right. So if a family has a home like that and we need to illuminate this room at night for this new baby, Mm -hmm. what type of fixtures are available. Well, we have the uh, is the antenna, which is the uh, general illumination lighting. It's fully dimmable. It pumps out about five thousand lumens maximum, uh, for and it can be dimmed down to virtually nothing. So uh, what happened is that and it's a indirect light, so meaning that it shoots the the light to the ceiling, bounce off the fuse, it is to produce an even lighting across the room. So that's probably the best way to do it. Um, so, so that's probably the best uh, offer that we have. The rest yes. of it is the cast lighting. We have the we have a uh, junior gooseneck, and then also the uh, Joseph magnifier lights. But none of those are really general illumination types. I think the best, most suitable one will be the Ventena. And what does Ventena mean? Ventena in Spanish means window. So we are actually bringing a window of light to the person who needs it. So that's, that's what it is. And what does it look like? Is this like a, a pole light or something? It, it's is a pole a round light. base? It's a round base. It's a chrome. And it's a, it, it's a, it's a torture-type light, meaning that oh, it shoots yeah. up. It, it shoots up. So that's, that's the type. And then if a family is looking to put a little bit more light, you know, at a desk or maybe the dining area, uh, can you describe what do these task lamps that you had? You said one is called the Joseph, was it? Yeah, yeah we have the Joseph, which is the magnifier light, which is a, a uh, very, very versatile uh, light, a, a, a light with a magnifier, and that's fully dimmable. So what happened is that you can you can use it as a desk light, or you can actually use it as an inspection light that you want. And I I have one right next to my table because uh, I use it all the time. Uh, it's a it's you because the variability in terms of the uh, in terms of brightness, you can actually have it in different uh, uh, different brightness. And also, uh, Joseph magnifier three in one has three different colors of light. It has the 3,000K, 4,000K, 5,000K, 3,000K oh. for reading and also for uh, for some more relaxed reading, 4,000K for uh, serious studying, 5,000K is for inspection of individual coins or uh, other, for example, you can actually pick up splinters, you can actually, because uh, the 5,000K is a, it's a, uh, it's a higher wavelength light, so it re- reveals cracks and crevices much better 
So it's for it's it's a it's a very useful tool to to have at home. Wow, that, that's really that. nice. And that arm is a flexible gooseneck type of arm that holds the lamp. Right. Right, and also it's uh, what's different from ours versus other is that the the base is extremely stable, very heavy, and you, the there are the, the head rotates 360 degrees, the the arm rotates 360 degrees in addition to the flexible bending, so it actually can contort to different directions that you want. You can put this light in front of a sewing machine. You can put this uh, light in a uh, in various areas, so so you can actually deliver yeah. the light and the magnification. Uh, uh, basically orthogonal to the the object you're trying to see. So it's actually very, very good. That is very, very nice. Well, uh, Joseph, um, if any of our listeners, if they have questions, uh, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, They're welcome to give me a call. Uh, I'll give you my phone number. And my phone number is 408-657-9229. 408-657-9229. Nine two two nine. I answer this all over the world, so there's no problem. <laughs> I know you are all over the world. Gosh, <laughs> and and uh, honestly, I I know I'm I I maybe explain. My wife always tells me this is that you're making it too too detailed. I'm sorry, but that's the way my nature is. But if you have any <laughs> questions, please give me a call. But uh, I I'd be glad to talk to you. <laughs> well, this shows. This really shows your knowledge and your level of expertise and all the thought that goes into the design of your products because I know our patients have all been very, very happy with your product. Um, Let's take a look here and let's see, do any of our listeners out there have any questions for myself or for Mike regarding lighting, uh, sunglasses to protect the eyes? If you do, go ahead and unmute your phone by pressing a star six. Okay. Well, I guess that we did do a good job there, Mike. There are no questions. Oh. So, again, on behalf oh. of all of the folks out there who are listening this evening, I want to thank you for your time. Thank you, Dr. Bill, for inviting me. And really, it's a, you're, you're a great person to conduct this meeting and uh, guide me through because a lot of the time I have a lot of information, but I don't know where to start. Yeah, you, you made a great point. Uh, <laughs> guiding you about where to go. So it's this is very, <laughs> this is very good. And uh, also, I'd like to thank uh, Mr. Dick Burden and Dr. Joe Yurka from Airs LA for recording this. This podcast will be available at www.brailleinstitute.org and also at www.airsla.org. So until next month, this is Dr. Bill saying goodnight, everybody.